You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a WealthCap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Hey, everybody. Devin here, your host for today's Portfolio Builders podcast. I want to chat with you guys a little bit about some of the frequently asked questions that we hear over and over and over again when it comes to investing in real estate, um, specifically turnkey investing. So um, the first question that people usually want to talk about has to do with the the risks with investing in real estate. Like any investment, there are always, there are always going to be risks. No investment is 100% foolproof. Uh, So the first one that comes to mind that a lot of people ask is what happens or what if a tenant doesn't pay rent, Um, especially, you know, just given what's been going on over the last year-ish with COVID and, um, you know, what happens if if your tenant stops paying, if they're unable to pay. So there's a, I have a couple thoughts here. First, um, you can mitigate that risk on the front end, basically by how well the tenants are vetted before they're placed into into a property. If you're using a property manager, which I highly recommend you do, um, even if you're you know renting property that's in your own backyard, it's in my personal experience, and this is my personal opinion, it's very helpful to have basically a buffer between you and the tenant. So. If you're hiring a property manager uh, or if you already have a property manager that you're working with, make sure that you know, you know, what criteria are they looking at before they place a tenant in a home and ask them what their policies and procedures are when somebody gets behind or they're unable to pay. Given, you know, what's been going on with COVID over the last year, that has been a major concern with a lot of new investors. Like what if, you know, what is COVID doing to rent collections um, across the nation? It's actually not as bad as I think a lot of people might assume. There are, are approximately 15% of Americans are behind on rent uh, as of right now. So that's not, you know, that's not a staggering number. Um, also, Congress appropriated around $50 billion for rent relief for tenants and landlords. So. If you own a property and you have a tenant that's gotten a little bit behind um, or they've indicated that they're having difficult financial difficulty because of COVID, uh, it would probably be a good idea to reach out to your property manager and ask if they are doing anything to help tenants with some of these rental assistance programs. Um, You know, there's quite a bit of paperwork involved, but a lot of property managers have been helping owners by, you know, facilitating getting some of that paperwork done. Also, the CDC uh, did, you know, they tried to extend the eviction moratorium for another 30 days, and that was voted down by the Supreme Court, um, you know, not that long ago. Basically, the Supreme Court said that extending the moratorium another 30 days is not going to, like, make that big of a difference in terms of preventing the spread of the disease. So... Um, that is good news for landlords that that moratorium is not being extended. And again, if you if you currently have a tenant that's gotten behind because of financial difficulty due to COVID, there are rental assistance programs in pretty much every state. And not every state has stopped evictions. Uh, there were a lot of states that were allowing them to 
continue. So depending on what state you are investing in, um, it would probably be a very good idea to make sure that you're aware of, you know, is that, is it a landlord friendly state, tenant friendly state, somewhat neutral, and just be aware of what the rules and laws are and ask your property manager what they, what they do to help in those situations. Uh, so that is risk, <laughs> risk number one, what happens if a tenant doesn't pay? Because it is something that can happen. Is it, you know, highly likely? Not necessarily. Um, some of that also has to do with the kinds of properties that you invest in and the kind of tenants that would likely rent those properties. If you were buying, you know, in a really, really rough area of town where there's a lot of, you know, a lot of crime, uh, it might be a higher probability that you could attract problem tenants in those kinds of properties. If you're choosing to invest in properties that are, you know, B class, uh, maybe a C plus type class property, then the likelihood of those those types of problems tends to go down a little bit with you know with the type of uh, the type of property that you're investing in. Also, just in general, there tends to be less turnover in single-family homes than in larger multifamily, you know, like huge apartment complexes. There's quite a bit of turnover um, with single-family homes. People in general don't like to they have more stuff, so they don't want to move as often. So more often than not, you know, a tenant who is renting a home that has a family, they have a lot of stuff to move. Most likely they're going to, you know, they're going to work to stay, to stay in that home. If, if it means making up their rent on the back end of the lease, if that's what they need to do. Uh, but again, just reach out to your property manager and ask them, you know, what they, what they do in those types of situ situations, what their policies are and what they can do to help you. In my personal experience, like trying to work with a tenant who's gotten themselves in a little bit of financial distress is always going to be the path of least resistance versus going straight for eviction. Um, so my two cents there. Um, also be prepared for the fact that that is something that can happen. You can have months where you may not be collecting rent either because a tenant is in some kind of financial distress or if the property is just vacant, if you, if it's time for a turnover, if it's time for a tenant to move out and another tenant to move in. Um, so make sure that you have some reserves. You know, I wouldn't, I would not suggest that anybody spend all the money that you have coming in from your, from your rental properties, uh, because there will be expenses. That's just the nature of investing in real estate. Um, how much buffer somebody should have, you know, that kind of depends on, on your risk tolerance and how large your portfolio is. I always recommend make sure you at least have your insurance deductible set aside. Um, and then as you are collecting rent, when a property, you know, when a property is rented, it's probably wise to accrue, I don't know, six to 12 months of expenses in the account that you're using for that rental property so that when expenses come up, whether it's um, a vacancy or if you're not receiving rent because of some kind of financial distress or if you just you have maintenance, um, that is another that is another expense that is going to come up when you invest in real estate. 
maintenance is something that, you know, I tell people that is not an if, it's a when. You know, houses will require maintenance. If you've ever lived in one, I'm sure you've noticed that things will things will break. How much maintenance is a huge variable. I've had properties uh, where I've literally had like no maintenance at all for multiple years. And then there was a large expense. I've had other rental properties where there's something smaller. It seems like maybe once a quarter, um, you know, depending on, depending on your personal risk tolerance, you can factor in a maintenance estimate of, you know, four to 5% of the monthly rent. And basically just plan on having that set aside so that when maintenance issues arise, essentially you've already budgeted for it. And then it's, it's not a surprise. Um, another question people ask is like, what if, you know, what if there's major damage to the home, like a storm, a tornado? We, we had a couple houses in our portfolio that were um, in Birmingham and there was a, a tornado that went through, um, one house basically got demolished and that is a you know prime example of why you definitely want to make sure that you have insurance in place before you close on a house if you're using a loan of just about any kind you know whether it's an asset-based loan or a traditional lender most of them are going to require that you have insurance before you close when you buy a property in cash it's up to you to make sure that you have insurance in place. So make sure before you close on any property that you have insurance in place. So that way, if you know the day after closing, a tornado blows through town, um, you're gonna be covered. The probability of that happening, of course, is very, very low, but we're, you know, we're talking today about mitigating risks. Um, also, something that you might want to look into when you're getting insurance in place for that rental property is ask the different insurance carriers that you're looking into if they have um, loss of rent is is something that they cover for the you know potential case of there being an issue with with a tenant being in financial distress or if there's some kind of damage to the property let's say there's a i don't know like a a tree falls a tree falls on the property um, causes some significant da damage insurance is going to cover you know getting the repairs done you would have to pay the deductible but let's say during that period of time the tenants are not going to be able to stay in the home find out if your insurance carrier covers any any loss of rent um, to help make sure that you know you have as much coverage as possible not all carriers will offer that but it's something that that you can ask and if that's important to you Choose a carrier that can that can add that into your policy. Um, okay, another question that people ask a lot, which you know, I think has some to do with mitigating risk and thinking about liability, and maybe you know, partly just due to curiosity. A lot of people ask, "Do I need an LLC?" Now, technically, this is a question that I can't really answer. Um, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a financial planner. So when it comes to, you know, structure, taxes, asset protection, you really need to seek counsel. Uh, but the question that I would ask somebody when they ask me that question is, why are you asking? Like, what are you mostly concerned about? Is it the asset protection or does it have to do with liability? Um, 
because depending on which of those things is most important to you might help you to decide really who you should seek counsel from. If it has to do with taxes, you know, you're going to get a different answer from a tax advisor than you are from an attorney. An attorney is going to give you advice to CYA to cover your behind, uh, where, you know, an accountant or a tax advisor is going to make sure that you're structured in a way that's going to help to limit your tax liability as much as possible. So first question I would suggest you ask yourself is why, why are you asking that question? Um, now my personal opinion on, do you need an LLC? That really just depends. Um, there are some cases where it might actually be necessary if, for example, if you're trying to buy a property with another person, let's say you and a business partner are wanting to buy a property and you're wanting to have the debt, the title, the insurance, everything in the name of an entity, then obviously you're, you're going to need to do that. Um, also, if you are, if you're, if you're going to take the title and take the debt in an entity, also be advised that like you cannot do a conventional loan. So you won't be able to get your, you know, the cheapest money on the market, those Fannie Freddie loans, those loans are only written to individuals. So if you're brand new, if you're a brand new investor, just getting started and you want to take advantage of conventional loans and get the most bang for your buck, you cannot take the title in an LLC, uh, because those kinds of mortgages are only written to individuals. There are some, you know, tips and tricks that a lot of real estate investors will use to basically take advantage of conventional loans, um, but also have some protection or tax structure advantages with entities. Uh, if you want a little bit more advice or to like dive deeper on that, we do, um, we do have a training. We have some content that we, we did at a private event in January for a few select clients really going into detail on structuring and asset protection. And if you, if you want to reach out to me, I can let you know how you can get your hands on that content. It's, um, it's pretty extensive and we, you know, we did host that as a private event for some clients. But, um, if you're in our Facebook group, I'm pretty easy to find the real estate portfolio builders, Facebook group. Um, just reach out to me, Devin, and I can let you know how to get your hands on that education about structuring. If that's something that you're really interested in. Um, so LLCs, big question. What happens if a tenant doesn't pay? Big question. What happens if, you know, there's a natural disaster, a tree hits the roof, something like that. Um, another very common question when it comes to, okay, ongoing maintenance, something that, that people ask a lot when it comes to turnkey real estate, people want to know, like, am I going to have to figure that out? That's the, the property manager is going to help arrange any repairs and maintenance that need to happen. You will be financially responsible for those repairs, but the property manager is going to take care for you. Who's going to do it? When are they going to go out? Um, that's not something that you'll have to, that you'll have to figure out if you're using a property manager, if you're managing yourself, then, you know, obviously that's, that's something that you're going to have to figure out. Um, 
And again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I would not advise that anybody manage their own property, even if it is in your backyard. It's just, it's really helpful to have a buffer between you and the tenant. In my personal experience, I tend to make less emotional decisions um, when I'm not personally involved with with the tenant. Um, and also, <laughs> if I haven't personally renovated the house, which I've shared that story um, a couple of times on this podcast about how like I'm holding on to a house right now that I really shouldn't, I should sell it. Uh, <laughs> I really should sell it, but I just can't because I'm, you know, emotionally tied to that property, um, uh, because I did the work on it with my own two hands. So those are a couple of the, uh, you know, the main common questions that I have people asking over and over and over again. Another big one has to do with, you know, is it a good time to buy right now? I shared about that just a couple of weeks ago, given that, you know, most of the market right now is a little bit overinflated. You know, a lot of properties are selling for cash over ask. Um, if you want to, you know, dive a little deeper on that subject, you can listen to that podcast from a couple weeks ago, but the Cliff's Notes version of that discussion is basically when you're looking, it's totally different when you're looking at investment property versus a house that you're going to own or occupy. With investment property, the only question I'm really going to ask myself, this is me personally, is how much is it going to cost me to acquire this asset and what is my return on that investment? So if I'm going to finance the property, I'm going to put 25% down or 20% down. I'm going to look at, you know, what is, what are my expenses every month? What is the probable rent range? How much is it going to cash flow? And decide, is that a good return on the amount of cash that I need to invest to acquire this asset? If that answer is yes, then it's a go. Uh, if that answer is no, then no. <clears throat> when it comes to properties that you're you're going to own or occupy my my personal philosophy is just is very different because the house that I live in is never going to pay me it's never going to pay me money so i am not likely to you know to buy a property at the height of the market that i'm going to live in because it's not an, an investment it's it's a liability you know it is going to cost me money so right now in nashville i am renting a house when there's a market correction, I'll probably buy something. Uh, but I personally, you know, I don't buy real estate that I can't make money on, whether I'm going to live in it or if I'm going to rent it out for somebody else. Um, and that's just me personally. You know, if you are, if you have a family and <laughs> the wife is like, we need, we need a bigger house. We're outgrowing this one. You know, that's something that you can't really put a, a monetary uh, evaluation on, you know, does it make sense to do this right now? If, if it's affecting your, like your joy, your happiness, your life satisfaction, then I don't know that there's really a formula out there that can, that can tell you yes or no, it's a good time or not, or it's not a good time. But me, Devin Johnson, personally, I do not buy real estate that I cannot make money on, uh, no matter what. So that's just me. Uh, okay. So there's just a few, little tidbits there on some of the most frequently asked questions that we hear over and over and over again on, um, you know, consultations that we do with new and experienced investors. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or you're in our Facebook group and you're, you know, curious if investing in real estate is something that might be a good fit for you, please reach out and we can 
you know, do a one-on-one -on -one conversation and just find out is, you know, is this something that's a good fit for you? Uh, just based on your, your goals, where you're at financially, um, and determining, you know, basically is turnkey investing a good fit for you? Or perhaps there's some other opportunities that might be a better fit. Um, so wealthcapholdings.com backslash waitlist. That will take you to my calendar and we can chat anytime you want. If there's anything that you would like to hear us chat about on this podcast, also please reach out to me and we would be happy to get some content out there to help y'all. Love you. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.